So we go in ham and cheese hot pocket, pepperoni hot pocket. What uh, what was your go to hot pocket move? Um, first of all, I was I was okay with any of them, <laughs> but pepperoni was that was kind of the. I think so too. Breakfast hot pockets. I've never heard. I've never had the pleasure. I used to. Ha- I got in a phase when I was younger where I only ate breakfast hot pockets for a long time. Is it just eggs and cheese? And <laughs> yeah, then, it's yeah. just ham, eggs and cheese. It's similar to what it is. It just has eggs. It has in an it. egg in it. It's okay. I. I'd give that a whirl. It literally a is a, a science because whatever the instructions say on the hot pocket of how to heat it up, you ever put it in the oven? I have not. I can't. What's the, the hot pocket? Look, the whole purpose of a hot this, pocket like, is so it's ready in thirty seconds. It's if I want to put something in the oven, I'm not going to use a hot pocket. But I'm what do you use mean? Something else. The thirty second thing. What is he talking about? There's no hot pocket that can be made in thirty seconds. Whatever it was, a minute or whatever. An oven is a full twenty minute adventure. That's what I'm saying. That's the same thing with you know we were talking about. I think one time reheating pizza. Yeah. The best way to and do it is to, throw nah, it back in the of oven. Of course I just, it is. But I, I don't have the time. That. I don't have the. the Actually, discipline. I have the time. I don't have the discipline. <laughs> yeah. The, the that's the that's just gotta the do what I do and just not refrigerate no, let's it. Not, leave it let's, out. You Emily, eat it please. straight out. Let's great. not revisit your pizza <laughs> habits. That's that's something I'm trying very hard to forget it's about. It's Sunday. She's like, yeah, pizza's from Thursday. Yeah, let's get it in. Let's get it's it all in. Fine. Uh, well, I mean, you're still with us, so I guess I guess it's okay. You haven't been taken out by foodborne illness yet, so that's uh, that's something along the way. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. So. Dave Roberts, you brought up a good point. Yeah. So when we were talking about Andrew Friedman, when he was asked about the Julio Urias, you know, why did he pitch in game two and then come back and pitch in game four? And and he said, look, it's a fair question. And, and I certainly understand where it's coming for you. That's a better question asked of Dave and, and Mark Pryor. And it was that the wrong answer. It's an interesting answer. I think it's a tactical answer. We're talking. Yeah, I, I don't think it was meant to drop a bomb in the middle of the room because he would have gone more in that direction if he wanted to do that. But it wasn't, look, these are things we talk about. The, the decisions are made. We, we thought it was the right move in the moment. Yeah. We so thought easy to gonna... second guess yourself. Yes. You know what, this yes. is how we put. But in the moment, we thought it was the right decision. But as it turns out, it, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And if we could do it again differently, we might do it differently. That's not what it was. That was, well, you know, yeah, I get what you're asking. Yeah, that's, yeah that was one of those. That fair, kind of made fair me go, question. Yeah, fair question. You should probably ask those guys. It was, it was a different way of going about it. And you brought up a really good point. What does that mean for Dave Roberts when it comes back around? Because, again, it wasn't a bombshell, but it wasn't nothing either. Like, what do you make of him saying, hey, go ask Doc? But every reporter is going to say, okay, absolutely. So when they get a chance to talk to Doc, hey, we talked to Andrew Friedman. We brought up this specific situation, this predicament. He said that's a better question for you. So now we will ask you a question, right? Like, all they're going to do is just repeat what Friedman said. But it changes a little bit, right? Because... He could just say, guys, I already told you why I did it after the game. Mm-hmm. I already told you why I did it the day after the game. I'm not going over it again. Even if even if Andrew Friedman is saying, hey, ask them, I've already answered the question. There's nothing left for me to tell you that I haven't already told you. Mm-hmm. We're done with that. And it creates that, that well, he, he didn't just say, he could have said this. Andrew Friedman could have said, eh, Doc's already talked about that. Did it work out? No. But, you know, he's addressed what his thought process, and we're going to go with that. He, he didn't do that. Well, you, you mentioned something. Maybe this is going to be more the question for Dave. You mentioned that you were a little surprised. Oh, okay, so we, how many calls did we take? And people want to throw shade on Dave Roberts. And you say, guys, slow so, down on the Dave thing. Is Maybe the question to Dave, when the game starts, you guys go through your game plan uh, coming into the game. Mm-hmm. But once the game starts, 
Is every single decision, is it so, much less impacted than maybe other people thought? This is where I think you and I have like a philosophical difference on human beings. <laughs> because Andrew Friedman said again in this press conference, guys, this is the same thing that we've been doing before. These are not my decisions. These are decisions that we discuss beforehand. We do as much work beforehand as we can. We get as much information as we can. We think about as many possible situations as we can. But once the game starts... There are so many variations on scenarios. You just have to let your coaching staff and your manager make the decisions. I've said it last year. I've said it the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that, and I'm telling you it again. Okay, I get it. This felt a little different. This this was You can believe him or not. You can choose to believe how far that collaboration goes. I've always thought that the, the managing of the batting order in the moment, do you hit here, do you not hit here, those were more Dave things. The pitching things I thought were more predetermined. But this very clearly said, I'm not taking ownership of this one. That one is theirs. Before it's been, look, we talk about it. It, it, it just feels different. Did you hear what he said about Trevor Bauer? I did. Uh, <laughs> look, this, this is – I didn't like this answer at all. He was asked about, you know, Trevor Bauer's situation, and basically he got to this answer, which was, you know, we have to try to find as much information about these guys as we can. We always want as much information as we can possibly get. There are some restrictions on what we can do, but we always want as much as we can. You know, I would hope with everything we do, we're better now than we were two years ago, better than five years ago, better than ten years ago, and I hope five years from now we're way better than we are now. Okay, sure. You want to get a little better over time. Do do better today than you did yesterday, and we'll do better tomorrow than we did today. I get it. The Trevor Bauer thing, you did not need a crystal ball. You did not need to hire a, a private investigator, an FBI agent. The Trevor Bauer stuff was right there for anybody that wanted to see it. Trevor Bauer is one of the best pitchers in baseball mm -hmm. and has been for quite some time. He's also been on four teams in less than 10 years. Mm -hmm. Okay, That tells you something. Trevor Bauer has a history of behavior, mostly online stuff, that could be described as misogynistic. He has he, He's had several things that he had to kind of go back and try to clean up. He has not been particularly well regarded on the teams that he's been to previously. No one ever questions his ability to play. At his opening press conference, when they announced that they were signing yeah. him at the beginning of spring training, the questions about Trevor Bauer, how's he going to fit in You know, because of his deal? This was not a mystery that Trevor Bauer... Now, what he ultimately ended up being accused of is a step much further than the things sure, we've talked sure. about. But this idea that you didn't know that Trevor Bauer was potentially a disruptive presence, that's that's not... I'm not buying that. You know, it, it, it's interesting because we talk so much about this Dodger organization. We compliment them. Man, look what they do. How can they find... They can find somebody playing average baseball somewhere else and then take them into within their organization and they become... Max Muncy, mm -hmm. and they become Chris Taylor. Justin Turner. And they become Justin Turner. They can churn. How much of this do you think when they went out and signed Trevor Bauer, hey, no, we're the organization that can fix this. We're the organization that we could take on something like this, and not only are we getting one of the best pitchers in baseball, not only does that increase our chances of on the baseball field alone, increase our chances of going back-to-back, -back, but on top of that, no, no, we're the organization that can straighten some people, can mm -hmm. kind of fix things that didn't go well somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That probably has a lot to do with it I as well. I think it's part of it. Yeah. I, I, I do, but again, you're you're kind of – this is it's where It's two think, different things. It, it, it is. It's not apples to apples it, at all because somebody who's struggling because of his – If a guy's hard to deal with over here, and he's hard to deal with over here, and he's hard to deal with over here, and you're telling yourself, no, it's going to be different here, I don't know what to tell you, man. 
I don't know what to tell you. Why? It happens in sports. Not often. If the situation is good and the uh, it, the I, coach is right. I mean, it I happens. I don't want to say it never happens, mm-hmm. but the other thing happens far more often. That, that yeah, the, you're probably the, right. That yeah. people are who they are. Yeah. They're, 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 but I think, I don't know who said this first, so forgive me. People will tell you who they are. You just need to listen, right? They're, they're, they're telling you who they are. Just listen to what don't. Don't talk yourself. Ah, it's not really like that. Yeah, it is. Most of the time, it's exactly what it is that it looks like. That's a good way to put it. Um, and since you don't know who said that, take that's yours. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's I, how it works. I'm not I think, as I think you don't have to quote who it is if you forgot who it was. And then there's this. Then there's the Clayton Kershaw <laughs> aspect of all of this because this, this is interesting to me. Again, I think that listen to this. Here's here's what I'm hearing. Okay. Before I play it, I want to tell you what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing when he was asked about Clayton Kershaw mm-hmm. is we'd love to keep him because he's a Dodger and we love him. Something cool about there's, there's one jersey representing yep. one player. Yep. We would love we still think he's a very valuable member of the organization. We think he could help us win a bunch of games. This is all good news for we we would love to have him here. But I ain't breaking the bank for this. He's gonna need to take there's a number a little bit of money because if somebody else goes big, good for Clayton. There's something nostalgic in great about you know Kirsch playing with one team and you know being able to win another championship and having a parade that being said you know he's put himself in this position to be able to go out and do whatever makes the most sense for his family and we will support that whatever makes sense for his family means if somebody goes big I, I just can't I just can't get there Maya Angelou uh Emily that's who I quoted that's correct see you guys didn't know I was that deep I didn't oh, know it was her but that's Rogers. that I, I dropped a Maya Angelou quote was off of the books for today you can get anything in sports talk radio <laughs> that's right hot pockets and Maya Angelou I've got I've got you covered either way <laughs> so something just to play off what you just mentioned you know what Andrew Freeman sounds like when he's talking about Clayton Kershaw, a responsible front office employee. Mm -hmm. And I'm not telling you don't don't go after Clayton Kershaw. And I'm not saying don't do everything you possibly – Clayton Kershaw is going to decide whether he wants to stay with the Dodgers or not. I don't think the Dodgers are going to decide whether Clayton Kershaw wants to be here because I don't think they're going to give him a disrespectful offer that is going to be at an amount where he's going to say, you made the choice for me. I think Kershaw is going to be in a position where he's going to have to make a decision. Do I want X amount of more dollars to go play for a franchise that's not going to compete for a World Series, but maybe be where my family wants to be? Maybe there's other things that factor into it. Or he's going to say to his wife and his children and his family, guys, it's a three-year contract. It's three more years. we got the rest of our life together. We go to Texas right after that, and, and all is good. I think he will ultimately make the decision because I don't think Andrew Friedman is going to say, hey, we're offering you two years, $20 million. That's not going to happen. No, no, they're not going to go they're to not, where... and, and they're also not going to pay him a, a fourth, the fourth best pitcher in a starting rotation. They're also not going to do that. It's going to be... I'm trying to think of a way to... So, when Albert Pujols was done in St. Louis, yeah. okay, they had gotten all of the very best baseball out of Albert Pujols. What was coming next was going to be something that was a fraction of what he had already done. Hmm. And the St. Louis Cardinals offered him a deal that was above market value, but not crazy. Do you remember what it was? Because I don't. I don't either. Okay. 
And then the angels came in and said, how about we give you $250 million Let us show you what an irresponsible franchise is (laughs) that doesn't know what they're doing with their money. That's going to be on the top of every sports headline for a couple of days and then figure out that this was a bad investment. And that's where Albert said, I can't not take $250 million. I have to take that. I'm sure he would have rather stayed in St. Louis if it was close, but it, it wasn't. The angels went so above and beyond what the market was saying that they... Yeah, my decision's made for it. I don't think the Dodgers are going to go price to that. can't refuse. No, they're going to give you... Here, what, what's the going rate for a very, very good pitcher? That's X. We're going to offer you X plus 5%. Okay? Somebody else may come in and say, we're going to give you X plus, plus 25%. 25%. Yeah. Then, then, then there's nothing we can do. And then Dodger fans aren't looking at it like, hey, why did you do the guy like that? We didn't. We, we gave him a, a, an offer that was at or above market value because we wanted him to stay, but we can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I think even casual Dodge, yeah, that would, be, that would be a bad deal. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, so just a quick recap of how the game works. We pick four games with the spread. We rank them according to how confident we are. The game that you like the most, you award four potential points to. The game that you like the least, you get one. We add them up at the end of the week, and we keep a running total. So far, Alan Sliwa is the overall leader with 32 points, coming off of a perfect 10-point week last week. Don't say that, because you're already jinxing me. No, you did. You had 10. You had 10. The guests, we have a guest picker every week. They are currently in second with 26. They are six points behind you, and I am seven points behind you with 25. Okay, and just so the listeners understand, if you end up winning this whole thing, you stay one week at the Rogers household. (laughs) You stay in the master bedroom. We'll see. And you know, if it's a guest, that's fine. If it's you, we're going to change the rules. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. All right, our guest picker this week is Brian in Ladera Ranch. Brian, how you feeling today? I'm feeling really good. Hey, um, Trav, weren't you what? Weren't you like ahead last week? Now, um, now Slee has an insurmountable lead. Well, Brian, it's not insurmountable. Brian, don't do this. He's <laughs> he just did it. You guys are both jinxing this thing. Okay, I already don't feel good about the picks. <laughs> All right, let's get to the picks. We're going to start with the game that is tonight. It's actually a very good game. Green Bay at the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals are a six and a half point favorite. I'm going to go first on this one. Green Bay is basically going to be playing some guys off the street at wide receiver last night. They are completely banged up. I like Arizona in this one, but Aaron Rodgers causes me to just take a little bit of time here. I'm going to take Arizona, and I'm going to put them at number two. Brian, what do you got? Green Bay at Arizona. All I know about this game is that Aaron Rodgers has been growing his hair out for an entire year. <laughs> that plays into it. Halloween, That's a good, great observation right for his, for his Halloween costume. How did he know he'd even be playing on Thursday? The games are the <laughs> Halloween's on a Sunday this week. Between that and his engagement, I think uh, I think Aaron Rodgers has a little too much going off the field. 
I like Arizona in this game, and I'm super confident. I'm supremely confident, so I'm going to make that my one. Number one. <laughs> there you go. Arizona at one for Brian Slee. Okay, does he know super confident means, as in he wants that to be his highest I think total? he was being ironic. Okay, all right. I, he's delivery, <laughs> he said, he said so NFT, good here. no fun traps. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not confident about this one. Okay. But I'm going to go against the grain a little bit on this. I'm going to take the Packers, even though Aaron Rodgers has nobody to throw it to. But he's Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I don't like the fact that it's on the road. I don't like the fact that Arizona's sitting at 7-0. With all that being said, I still don't know why I'm taking the Packers. <laughs> I'll take the Pack. I'm going to go two-point total on this one. Just right. the two on this Green one. Bay for Slee at two. We'll go to the next game. It is the Rams. They're on the road against the arguably the worst team in the league, the Houston Texans. The Texans are a 14-and-a-half-point yeah. underdog. Yeah. Brian, who do you got? Uh, Trav, Houston, this is the same city that thinks Major League Baseball scapegoated their baseball team for cheating because we're all jealous of them. <laughs> uh, step one in the jealousy equation, knowing something exists. Uh, I, I, I don't like Houston's one of the worst teams in football. It's a pretty big spread. That said, not a fan of Houston or any of their teams, I'll take the Rams. I'll lay the 14 and a half. And again, extremely confident in that one. I'm going to make that one my number one. Number one. You already picked number one. You had had Arizona last week, or last pick, number one. I so it's one through four. Now. No, no, <laughs> listen, listen. So look, it's your most confident should be a four. Your least confident should be a one. So do you want this to be a four? Make Make it a two. I don't know. Okay, make it a two. <laughs> I like it. All right. So the Rams at number two. Slee, who you got? I'm going to – so Rams covered two weeks ago. Who did they play two weeks ago? Uh, the Giants. Okay, covered two weeks ago. Did not cover last week. Last week they didn't, and I picked the Rams not to cover. I think Rams cover this time around. Um, I'm going to roll the dice here and say, let's go four. That's my most confident. L.A. Rams, number four. I'll make it a clean sweep. I'm going to take the Rams as well, but I'm going to put them at the bottom just because it's 14 and a half. I'm going to take the Rams at number one. We'll go to the third yeah, game, the, the hell New am England I doing? Patriots. I'm not quite sure. Two touchdowns plus is quite a bit, but we'll see. The other L.A. team, the New England Patriots at the Chargers. The Chargers are a six-point favorite in that one. Slee, who you got? Uh, Six-point favorite for the Chargers. I actually think this is going to be a good game. Probably closer than people think. I'll take Patriots in this one. I'll put a two. All right. New England at two. You already have a two. You have Green Bay at two. Like I said, I'll take Patriots in this <laughs> oh, one. Job, I'll put please. them at a – thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Put them at a three. He's doubling up on the two. But <laughs> you have the nerve to shame me over here? So you want three with New England, I'll sleep? go three. By the way, Brian's a keeper. We should bring this guy. He should be doing – I think he earned don't, another don't encourage, week. Don't encourage Brian. he earned Brian. another week. Don't encourage Brian. Brian, Unbelievable. who do you have with the Chargers and the Pats? Hey, I haven't been to SoFi, Trav, but I assume they have one of those sad Lucite boxes where people smoke cigarettes in. It's enclosed, so there has to be a place to smoke. Like the airport. If so somebody, somebody go to that Lucite box, find Ben Affleck in that room, and do that Goodwill hunting thing. Hey, do you like apples? How do you like them apples? Make a video of it, and I'll send you a box of Hot Pockets. I like the Chargers here. 
I like him to cover. Make him my four. All right, so Chargers at four and a little hot pocket joke in there too. By uh, the way, um, so far I've hey, what, been. What it's okay, Brian. It's all right. It's, it's you know I'd have done a couple things a little different. But. <laughs> all right, yeah. my turn to pick the hey, Chargers and the Pats. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers as well. I think Chargers are really good. I'm not sold on the Pats. I'm going to go with Chargers at number three, which brings us to our final game, which is the Pittsburgh Steelers at Cleveland. Cleveland uh, Browns are a three and a half point favorite in that one. Pittsburgh just feels like they're not very good. I think the Cleveland is pretty good. I've got one spot left. I don't like what's left, but I'm going to take Cleveland all the way at the top at number one. Brian. Uh, so I believe Baker Mayfield, hey, save some last names for the rest of us, buddy. He's <laughs> out, right? There's, I, I think they're starting Case Keenum. Uh-huh. which makes it very difficult. You never want to bet on a case. Like, if, you're, if your quarterback is like a Tom or a Joe or a Steve, you're feeling pretty comfortable. You come in and your quarterback's name is Case. Changes I, everything. I got a problem with that. <laughs> that said, I, the Trav's kind of right. Pittsburgh sucks. Ben Roethlisberger's awful and old. I'll take, I'll take the Browns. I'll lay the points and I'll and put that at whatever number I have left. You have three left, so you get the Browns at three. Slay last Steelers with a one. Steelers with okay. You just you're, are you just zigging to where everybody zags? I think I have to because my other picks were awful. <laughs> All right, so he's got the Steelers yeah. at one. Brian, Please. very very good job. Thank you, Brian. You don't want to chop it up some more? You're no, done? you're done. Thank That's you, enough. You, Slee already said that you get to come back. That's a problem in and of itself. So we'll uh, we'll debate that off the air potentially. All right. So there you go. There is our picks of the day. By the way, great game awesome tonight. Awesome game tonight. Great game tonight. So, Emily, take me through this again when you get a second. I know she's still on the phone. I kind of caught her by surprise there. The um, Here it is. Here's who the here's who the Packers she's talking with some friends. She's just here, enjoying herself. Here, here's who the Packers have available wide receiver tonight. Okay, okay. So uh, if Marquez Valdez Scantling is not activated, this is who they're going to play tonight. Randall Cobb, that's a real guy. Amari Rogers, not a brother of mine. Mm-hmm. Equinemius, and not a brother of Aaron Rodgers. Not a brother of Aaron Rodgers either. Is Jordy Nelson playing tonight. <laughs> he is not. Equinemius St. Brown, mm-hmm. Malik Taylor, Jawan Winfrey, who is a practice squad player. And Chris Blair, who is a practice squad player, that uh, Aaron Rodgers is awesome, Slee, but yeah. I don't know if he's that awesome. <laughs> that's a, that's a lot of guys that you need to cover for. You have no um, Devonte Adams, you have no Valdez Scantling, so they're going to really be missing some guys. The NFL is so weird that anything can happen in any single game, and I think tonight is a perfect example where okay, if you're the Rams tonight, you're kicking back. You don't have a game coming up until Sunday. Sunday you get to take on the Houston Texans and. You know, we, we know what the Houston Texans are. This is a, hey, have Arizona lose their first game, which I don't. I think we both agree won't happen. Doesn't um, feel like it. Doesn't feel like it, just simply because, you know, Green Bay is, they're so beat up. Either way tonight, whatever scenario plays out is an advantage for the Saints. It, it's Los a huge Andrews advantage Rams. for yep. the Rams because, look, the Rams, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Cardinals, and the Bucks. Those are the five teams in the NFC that have one loss or or none, right? So the Rams are in that mix. Anytime one of those other teams loses, that's very good news. If Arizona loses today, all of a sudden the Rams are right back in this position where they can be tied for the division lead, which we know that that's the automatic spot. And Rams are going to make the playoffs, so are the Cardinals. It feels like that. But if it's Green Bay, 
that loses the game, that's good news because now all of a sudden you have one fewer loss than them going into what would be week nine next week. And I'm yes, I am counting the Houston win as a win. I just I just cannot come up with a scenario where they might not cover, but yeah. they're not going to lose yeah, that I mean, game. I did that yesterday against the Thunder, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> but now you get to play Green Bay later in the season. Yeah. So now you can really bury them as far as top seed goes. You've already beaten Tampa. You don't play Dallas. You know why that's so big too? You don't want to play in January in Green Bay. Okay, so the really good news is you're you're a hundred percent right. The good news is the teams that are in the mix in the NFC, Green Bay is the only cold weather city and, in the mix. But that's that's why I'm specifically yes. talking about Green Bay. For the Packers, that's such a big advantage. Such a big advantage. And especially the way the Rams play, the way no determination of what that game would look like in January. If you can avoid Lambeau Field. What a huge advantage. So I think there's some – maybe based off of that, maybe you kind of start looking at this game and saying, you know what, it's all good if Packers end up losing the game. There's another rub too. J.J. Watt's done. J.J. Watt's gone for the season. Shoulder, uh, shoulder injury. Adam Schefter tweeted that yesterday that it's a likely season-ending shoulder injury. It's awful. Yeah, it sucks. J.J. Yeah. Watt, has, he's one of the great players of all time. He's a, he's a surefire Hall of Famer. He's not quite I what know. he was in I Arizona. Know. He's a he's a fraction of that. But, look, you saw him out here at SoFi. He's mm -hmm. still a guy that's in the middle of some plays. And he's just in the mix. That yeah. organization, a lot of young players, right? An Arizona team that hasn't had a tremendous amount of you want a player like that around, and even if he's just on the field contributing, however he Here's can. some good news, too. And I always think – Key, Key kept saying this over and over and over again, and it kind of stuck in my mm -hmm. head. Kyler Murray just is a, is not a big man. He's just he's just not. Yeah. Right? You, yeah. you look at most of the quarterbacks in the league, and they're, they're just bigger guys. Yeah. right? Matt Stafford, you ever watch him walk through a room, it's like, holy smoke, mm -hmm. that, that, that's the quarterback? They just – they look differently. Like the two quarterbacks in L.A., you don't have to go any further. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Justin Herbert's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. He's just a statue. Um he was very different, Kyler Murray we're talking about, at the end of the year last year than he was at the beginning. When At the beginning of the year last year when he they was rolling around, out. he was yep. incredible right up until a couple of guys got their hands on him. And look, when you're 5'10 or 11 or whatever he is, and a guy that's 6'4", 300 pounds, gets his hands on you, bad things happen. And it's it's the NFL. They're going to get their hands on him occasionally. They're not, we're not talking cheap shots or anything. Just the, the attrition of bigger men lending on smaller guys leads you to have – because his game is about speed, it's about mobility, sure. it's about being able to create things on the fly. And if he's got to run around with a gimpy knee or a hip or an ankle or whatever it might be, I'm much more interested in what Arizona's going to look like weeks 13 through the end of the sure. season than weeks 1 through 10. Absolutely. No, no question about it. And I think tonight if you're a Rams fan, you're kicking back, you get to watch two teams battle and whatever the scenario is – one of them will play an advantage to you. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Best post. You read this? Hit me. All right. So front office sports puts out a tweet. 2021 World Series begins with MLB writing its best postseason ratings in three years. Postseason games have averaged 4.4 million viewers, up 95% versus last year. Viewership in MLB's critical 18 to 34 demographic is up 76% from last season. Mm -hmm. That's not you a good last one. Yeah, don't away. don't compare to last season, yeah. but it says uh MLB writing best postseason ratings in 3 years. 
That's actually a little surprising. I don't know. I, I feel like there's zero buzz around Braves and Houston. Uh, well, I think you're right. First of all, just it's here? so far, right? Those numbers are so far. They haven't factored in the World Series yet. It's postseason numbers. Oh, yeah, that's th- right. That's th- right that's think right. about what you have. You have the Boston Red Sox who have got fans No, everywhere. no, no, postseason. I was yeah. actually just thinking of the World Series. Yeah, no. The World Series has not been very By the way, you know what we haven't intriguing. talked about that was pretty impressive? Charlie Morton pitched in the World Series for with a broken leg for about a half an hour. <laughs> that's not nothing. That That's pretty damn impressive. I, I had to go back and read that a couple times like, wait, what? What, do, what are you talking about? And I saw, I think I mentioned to you, you know, both Laker games had the game on Tuesday night against San Antonio mm-hmm. and then yesterday against OKC. I have the game on, so the game's on in the background. I watched that live, the, the comebacker hits him in the foot Sh- yeah. or shin the or whatever shin, it yeah. is. And nobody paid any attention to it. It was like he's just going. And then I see the pitch live that he kind of buckles. Yeah, well, his leg broke. Buckles. <laughs> yeah. And then is just the – Yeah, I'm done. Just walks off. It was like, – What the hell are you talking and about? And Steve won the game, too. Like, he left him in a position to win the game. It was super early, but it, Jeez, it was it was pretty darn impressive. Bob Gibson had done something similar. I know Jack Youngblood for the, the Rams a million years ago played with a broken leg in the Super Bowl. You know yeah. who else did it? You know who else played with an injury like that? Yeah. T.O. T.O. when he was with the Phil, the, uh, the, the Eagles. Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl right. against the the uh, Patriots that year, yep. the Caught one where Donovan McNabb. McNabb was throwing yep. up because he was so winded in the game, reportedly. Uh, T.O. played in that game with a busted leg. That's uh, you know everybody wants to take a run at T.O. for a variety of stuff. And by the way, I'm here for that. That's fine. I'm I'm, I'm good with that. But that's why he's a pretty back. tough dude. I go back to one of my favorite Kobe highlights of all time because it just it summed up Kobe. Like no, nobody else can sum up Kobe. This one possession is when he tore his Achilles. Yeah. Got up, walked over to the bench. <laughs> Timeout is called. Walks back to the free throw line, shoots two free throws. No, there's no expression, nothing. No, I don't need help. Walks all the way back into the locker room. It's the, it's the best look. It's the toughest look, and it's the exact opposite of falling down like someone shot you through the face and then running down to the other end of the floor. Mm-hmm. It's the exact opposite of that if that well, if something like that ever happened. There is uh, – and Not also I, I think – I can think of anything in the last couple of games. But. Also, I think the sport is different. Guys are going to be them, – Russell, West, Russell Westbrook would shoot his free throws with a torn No, there, there, are still players, <laughs> there are still players who are like that, but I spend time talking with Michael about this in the pregame. Because Michael will always bring up, remember A.C. Green? Remember yeah. Kobe Bryant? Yeah. Remember how these guys and these Clay. predicaments, these situations. Remember Clay, Clay came Thompson, back on the court after 100%. getting hurt against the Raptors. 100%. But you use those as kind of examples. Just, you know, league is different. Ignacio is our winner. Ignacio from Whittier. You enjoy the Laker game coming up Friday night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Congratulations to you. More tickets coming up on Mason and Ireland. More tickets coming up on Sedano and Cap as there well. You go. So if you didn't get them from Keep us, listening. you can get it from them along the way. Um Russell Westbrook had a weird night last night. He had a triple-double. He also had a quadruple-double, if you throw turnovers yeah, in there as yeah. well. Um, he missed a shot towards the end of the game, an open three that really had no chance of going in. It came in pretty hot. It, um, and he had the moment. He gets you know, Like you mentioned earlier, he had the early tee, which was kind of silly, and then he had the late tee. He ended up getting kicked out, and that was kind of a bad look for him, but whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. The Lakers are not where they are right now. And again, this is coming from the guy that is waiting to see how the Russell Westbrook experiment, experiment. goes, sure. right? That will it work, will it not? I have my doubts. 
But where the Lakers find themselves through five games, oh, this isn't about Russell Westbrook. This is about the Lakers collectively. Russell Westbrook is not the reason they blew a 26-point lead. The Lakers are. Russell Westbrook is not the reason that they've only won two games out of their first five despite having a pretty favorable schedule through the first five games. It's a collective lack of defense. It's a collective lack of ability to finish someone. It's a collective lack of ability to make open shots. This is not a rust thing. This is a the team is playing poorly through five games thing. You know, it's also unfortunate because I think it's going to bring up questions. We listened to James Worthy a little bit earlier. That's not the Laker way. You start questioning, hey, what's the effort look like? Do you care? Is there when you're up 26 points and you got a squad full of veterans who've been in this position before, have been in a spot like this where they understand. Look, you know, you're going to tell me Carmelo Anthony in his 19th year in the NBA doesn't understand that anything exactly. can happen in any exactly. game. You don't think Rondo and go down the list. Dwight I mean, and DJ. Anthony and, Davis, Anthony, Russell Westbrook. By the way, none is not a – not none, excuse me. Malik Monk's been in the league for a while. Austin Reeves can have the excuse of, hey, you know, really that can happen? Yeah. You're, he's the one guy. The rest of them, they, they, you, you said it. This looked like a young team that didn't know how to finish something off. The problem is, it was the young team that didn't know how to finish something off that came back from 26 points down. And still didn't know how to finish it off. still didn't know how to finish, but and, that makes sense mm -hmm. where the veteran team with Hall of Famers on every position practically looked like they had never played an NBA basketball game against a bad team before. If the Lakers blew a 26-point lead yesterday, and it was kind of an outlier so far in the season. We'd still be here saying, what the hell is going on? The problem is they've played five games. Mm -hmm. There's no point in any of those five games. You you can give me your observation, but this is my observation. I have not walked away and said, man, that's a really good half of basketball. Man, that's a solid 15 minutes of Lakers basketball. I haven't. You know, if you want to look at the start of the season against the Golden State Warriors and somebody's going to say, oh, well, it's the first game of the season, okay. If you want to look at the Phoenix Suns game and say, well, Phoenix is going to be a team that's going to compete in the you know Western Conference Finals, sure, if you want to say that too. If you want to look at Memphis and say, well, you won the game and you escaped and, you know, that's all that matters at the end of the day, fine. If you want to look at the Spurs and say, well, you know, the Spurs are really well coached and, you know, they got guys that play hard. It's an excuse for every right single line. game so far. Right down the line. Look, here, here are the things that people were asking about the Lakers coming into the season. Can they play defense? Can they make shots? How do the pieces fit together? Are they healthy? So far, 0 for 4. Mm-hmm. Right, and I get it. It's four. It's five games. It doesn't mean it's not going to change. It right. doesn't mean that but thirty days from now they're going to look the same. But all we can assess is what they played. Are the Lakers a good defensive team through their first five games? No, they're not. No, they, they've, it, they've they've given up. I didn't even have a term for it because no <laughs> wasn't strong enough to describe it. They've given up hundred and fifteen or more points in every all single five game. Games. It's never happened in mm -hmm. the history of the team before. Do they make open shots? No. Do they fit well together? At best, you can say we don't know yet. At yeah. best, you yep. can say we don't know yet, but so far, eh, not 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 perfect. No, and are they healthy? No. <laughs> I mean, when when you look at it like that, now the good news is you said we've got nothing but time. They've got seventy, what would it be, seventy-seven regular season games left mm -hmm. to try to get all of these things to go from no's to yeses. But through five games, it's whoa. Is it kind of interesting too? The Kendrick Nunn, the THT, some of these younger players just kind of watching the league. And we had a couple callers make reference to this, that the league is so young and fast now. Mm -hmm. It is so young and fast. The style of basketball 
is so much different than it was 10 years ago. And a lot of these guys were playing in the league 10 years ago. So I, I, I bring that up as a point because where maybe Kendrick Nunn and THT, you looked at those two players and said, okay, yeah, they're going to be you know role players. There's going to probably have to be a lot of times during games or during the regular season where you're going to need young guys kind of staying with the other younger guys in the league and then at the same time the vets kind of come in and close it out or whatever the case is. Go back to the championship team from a couple of years ago. Okay. They, I mean, LeBron was playing at a high level. Anthony Davis was the best version of himself. They had guys making shots. Everything seemed to be going really well, but they were able to get stops when they needed them. Even when they'd lose a game to Portland or they'd lose a game to Houston in the early rounds of Denver, whatever you're like, guys, this is, they're, they're going to, now they're going to the series. the foundation. They're going to, they're number one defensive team in the league. Mm-hmm. As you've seen these first five games, do you think that this team can get a stop when it needs one? They will. Can they right now? Right now, no, but I, I used yesterday's game as an example. I hate seeing this. Carmelo playing 30-plus minutes on a night that he wasn't hitting, right? right? So it's one thing if, hey, he's got 25 points. you got to leave him in there because he's such a big threat. He played 31 minutes. Dwight played 14. You know, if if at the end of the day, Lakers came back, they beat the San Antonio Spurs a couple nights ago. You know why they beat them? Because in the fourth quarter, Dwight played a lot of minutes. The Lakers got stops. They mm-hmm. had defensive stops. Put everything else to the side. They were able to get stops. Yesterday, I thought it was opposite. When you had a 26-point lead, it was more offense than it was on the defensive side. Obviously, that changes that changes everything. They need to get a whole bunch of things figured out, and thankfully, they got enough time to do it. Here's the other part, too, and the last yeah. thing I'll say about that. It's not just, hey, once LeBron comes back. Le- LeBron was there for three of these games. Sure. LeBron was there for three of these games, and one of them you got smoked. The other one you got beat by a team missing its second-best player. And the other game was if John Morant makes a free throw, who knows what happens. I know I don't say this often, but I'm going to say it again. I said it earlier in the show. I'm glad they lost yesterday. Yeah. I really am. I, I really, truly felt like if they ended up winning – first of all, they made – Poor decision after poor decision down the stretch. Russ taking a three. They call a timeout. Malik Monk, isolation basketball, taking a three. He airballs it. Carmelo gets a steal, airballs a three. He said it kind of slipped out of his hand. Put all that to the side. I would not have – I think it's important for them, big picture, to not be able to just kind of slide through the back door. Nobody saw him, hands up, hey, but we got to win because they did that against the San Antonio Spurs. And I thought it was – And Memphis. There was something about – taking that L and everybody talking about the Lakers taking that L today. So I felt like that was key. All right, uh, we got uh, we got the dump coming up next. Yes. And is there uh, – there's a couple topics here that I think are a, a little interesting in regards to uh, some stories that we haven't got well, into yet. Well, there's National Chocolate Day. That's what it was. I have National Chocolate Day. Emily is being very critical of my chocolate decisions. She said that I that they're not right, so I'm going to take that very personally. All right, that's coming up next day right here. Travis and Sliwa Show, 710 ESPN. Who wanted to win that game less last night, the Lakers or the Thunder? Because the Thunder, while they fought back from a 26-point deficit – they did everything a young, inexperienced, not very they talented didn't know team what to do. does That's the difference. to give it away. And yeah. the Lakers still couldn't take advantage of it. They didn't know it. how to win. Yeah. You know, it's almost similar to that game against San Antonio Spurs. Spurs so young, they, they know how to win. When they threw that pass to the middle of the floor. Pirtle it, missed 49 free throws in the fourth quarter. <laughs> it wasn't great. Michael called him Tim Duncan during the game. <laughs> But when Melo just basically caught that pass that was thrown to him and his own end of the yeah. court from a Thunder player, at that point you're like, what? What's going on? Yeah. It's like if I didn't know any better, I would think that both of these teams are actively trying to tank to get the number one draft pick. I I can't, you know, and I hated the end of the game because. 
that became the conversation. Oh, Lakers should have done this. Lakers should have done that. They should have no. They shouldn't have won the game. No, they they, they shouldn't no, have been they a game. Absolutely shouldn't have won the game. I, I still keep coming back to this. I still keep coming back to what James Worthy said after the game. This might have been like the worst loss I've seen. Because you're up 26, it, it, right? It, it just sucks that they have this mentality that they can't finish games and they think the teams are going to just lay down for them and uh, they got to change that. They, I mean, that, this was really ugly. I don't have a whole lot to say. I'd put him on Greyhound and let him drive back to, to L.A. and think about it. Because you just, you cannot perform like that. You can't be a Laker and play like they did. That's the thing that just resonated. So I was yeah. watching the postgame show last night, mm -hmm. and he said that. I'm like, whoa, you cannot play like that and be a Laker. That You could tell that was coming from the heart from James. That, that was coming from a place where, dude, you can't wear that uniform and do that. Hey, I've I've felt that way about you walking away from shows. <laughs> uh, so I know where Worthy's coming from. Yeah, maybe, maybe I need to <laughs> step up my game a little bit along the way. You never know. Uh, so you keep, like, I don't know, you're, you're batting at your yeah, hair and your Yeah, there's something on head. my forehead that keeps dangling You did this a couple my... days ago as well. It's back. The the lights in the studio, you know, they're so bright. So I could see everything. Everything's shining off the floor. You're not handsome, wearing a hat. You know, no. none of that stuff. You got one hair literally it's, standing tall, well, well above the pack. And it's... <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. It's bothering me. You look me. like a mess because you I, just I keep, keep going. swatting it like an invisible yeah. mosquito or something that's in the room. It's 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 bothering me a great deal. Let's let's not focus yeah. on my let's, hair. Let's go to the let's dump. go to the dump. Yeah. All right, so it's National Chocolate Day. And, Emily, I'm going to give you the floor here for a second because you were saying that my dark chocolate choices are unacceptable. Well, dark chocolate is just a terrible choice. Dark chocolate is the best by far. No, but it just tastes like bitter. Why would you? Well, how dark? Bitter? How dark are you going to go? You can't go like 90%, which, by the way, no, like, why I, you go I will for do. Candy like 70 30. It's going to be bitter. 70 30 is good. It's not it's bitter 65. sweet. It's both. You're, you're right. But it's it, mostly bitter. When I go for candy, I you know, want some something almonds that's in there, me some sea salt. Oh yeah. my God. Call it this a is, day. This is, that's literally the worst candy in my mind. I don't like my nuts in Taylor, my candy. Help us out. What, and what I do don't you like dark chocolate. dark chocolate guy? There's sweet candy, there's sour candy, and there's bitter candy. But do you like the dark chocolate? That seems like an oxymoron. You can't yeah. say bitter and candy. Candy's supposed it's, to be sweet and nice. No, it's it's, it's, candy. it's the perfect candy. little bitterness Perfect. that yeah, goes with fantastic. the sweet chocolate. It's Tomorrow, like a, I'm going to Trader I'm Joe's you tonight. I'm bringing you so much dark chocolate. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna go to my roommate. It's not gonna go to me. I was gonna you say, even I'm gonna, try. I was gonna say I'm gonna give it to my to the dog, but that would no, 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 don't do that. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. The dog will not appreciate that at all. How about this, Lee? Yeah. James Harden has only taken 15 free throws this season. That's the fewest in this amount of games since his 2010-2011 uh, campaign, and I love it. I oh. love that James Harden can't get to the line. Listen, there's certain things in sports you have to adjust. There's certain we talk about baseball all the time. Can we just get, you know, instead of having a, a catcher behind the plate, or I'm sorry, a uh, an umpire behind mm -hmm. the plate, just the technology's there, just use it. The one thing I hated about the NBA and always have, James Harden's a good player. That's not basketball. You spend more time trying to draw a foul than actually having a possession that's just a natural basketball play. The rules that they changed affect James Harden the most, and I don't mind it for one second. It's a better product because of that. It, it wasn't basketball. I agree. It was rigging the game. It was legal. And it was a way. It was an effective strategy, and it worked 
but it wasn't basketball. And from an entertainment product, it didn't get any worse because James Harden's going to, what was he, a 90% free throw shooter? He's just getting free but points all night long. Here's the thing. It wasn't Harden's fault. No, the course, NBA, no, 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 why did you not. let it go on for so long? But they obviously implemented the rule to affecting him the He's going to have to make shots Two and three way. Brooklyn Nets. Two and three Los Angeles a- again, Lakers. Again, the Lakers had a disastrous night last night. But it's And, and we've spent a lot of time talking about yep. why, how, and whose fault it is. Yep. It's five games. Back to the it, silver lining. It's five games. Everybody take a deep breath. Clippers lost again last night. Let's keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, you Let's really like that one. How about this? Yeah. One of your favorites, Elon Musk, mm-hmm. the guy that you would like to have a lunch with. Yep. He is so rich... That Elon Musk could buy every single NBA team, National Hockey League team, Major League Baseball team, and NFL team if he wanted yeah. to. He could buy all teams oh from the four major gosh. leagues in this country. He's $250 billion? Sure. What happened in the last two weeks? Did something happen? I think Tes- I'm not even kidding. I think no, Tesla's it, it stock went nuts. It did. Okay, so let me say this real quick on Elon Musk. Really cool. He can own all those teams. He should yeah, do he's it. busy. No, let him keep doing what he's doing. Because at the end of the day, we don't need him to run the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> we need to figure out how to get to different parts of... I don't know. If anybody could fix the Pirates, maybe it's Elon Musk. The Seattle Kraken, the newest team in the NHL. Yep. After they win a game, they throw salmon into the crowd. Now, they're plush salmon. They're yeah. stuffed animals. Why? Look, it's the Pacific Northwest. You go hey. down to that Pike's Place Market, let's get some real salmon and start firing them into How the cool crowd. How cool is that? Throwing that thing across? <laughs> you ever watch them do that? I have. And, uh, it's awesome. Uh, and, and listen, maybe uh, maybe they'll start taking some requests. Maybe they want find some the salmon, pond, some tuna. Um, <laughs> ESPN app. Or on iTunes, catch the full three hours. We're back tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. If they're taking requests, I would have tuna would be my first choice. Yeah. Maybe sea bass number Maybe two, a salmon roll, and then three salmon could be there. Mason and Ireland coming up next. Travis Lee. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 9:55.